Let's first explore the core of her business. It's YouTube. It's what's allowed her to be featured on these magazines, become this highly influential personality, and own and run a successful company. So I will shorten this section of the video to just three parts. The relationship, the relatability, and the engagement. So, Emma is a relationship-based creator, which basically means that their videos revolve around their audiences and the interaction with them. It's bringing the audience along for the ride, essentially. The viewer would watch them do anything, from make coffee to ride around New York on an electric skateboard. The polar opposite of these creators are idea-based creators. These are the likes of Mr. Beast and Eric, who draw in their views based on how interesting their video idea is. The relationship-reliant creation is quite a double-edged sword. It can be quite limiting because if you don't like Emma, you're not going to watch her videos. And so there's only so big that can take you. And even if you do get super big, it's like literally just all on your shoulders. It's a lot of weight. But its pro is that your community is so staunch that your video's performance isn't a toss-up. It's a guaranteed minimum, and that minimum is usually quite good. And that can be very powerful for a creator because you can make anything. Emma has a style that is broadly inviting. It displays a level of relatability and more importantly, simplicity. It makes it much easier to process and digest an Emma blog. Anyone who has ever watched an Emma Chamberlain video knows that her content within one video is so erratic and varied that when a viewer watches one full video, they get the experience of watching three. It becomes very obvious very quickly that you are fed with a need to finish the video. By the way, we must talk about Emma's brainchild, Chamberlain Coffee. I mean, this product release, I think, is perhaps the biggest brain thing the creator economy has ever seen. First off, with YouTube Emerge, one of the big things to consider is how well does it play into what you do as a creator. Coffee is a big part of Emma's channel and gets to promote it every single video by just making the coffee in front of the camera and it fits right in because she does that all the time. It also plays really well because it's a live demonstration of the product and subconsciously, it solidifies the quality of said product. This leads to a net zero marketing cost because her videos, which would have been made anyway, do all the work for her. Coffee, just like energy drinks and burgers and pizzas, are items that once consumed can be purchased repeatedly. So if people truly do like Chamberlain Coffee, which clearly they do, just look at this pop-up line in LA, the brand has growing sales numbers and the business becomes that much more sustainable. Coffee is unique in that it's quite universal. Many people drink it and enjoy it. This universal nature allows for the merch to scale beyond her audience. And this is great for three reasons. One, she doesn't have to rely on her audience to buy said merch. Anyone and everyone who likes Chamberlain Coffee's flavor can buy it, even if they don't watch Emma's videos. This means that potentially she could sell and grow the brand well beyond the size of her socials. Second, the fact that the coffee packs are sitting in grocery stores is also essentially marketing for Emma's main business, which is YouTube. These packets are the best and biggest billboard anyone can ever wish for. This allows her to continue to make profit even if for some reason she isn't able to actively pump out content, which is what's currently happening. Essentially, it's incredibly scalable and more importantly, sustainable. It can stand independent of the Emma Chamberlain brand and can go on and exist as just Chamberlain Coffee. Creator-led brands traditionally follow the inverse pyramid system, where you've got the creator and the brand is built around them or above them. This works great because profitability goes through the roof. But the major drawback is that if the creator pulls out of the company or gets canceled, for example, the whole organization comes tumbling down. 
And that's immense pressure for one person to bear. What creators must strive to achieve is the corporate pyramid business model, which is the previous model flipped on its head, where even if the CEO gets replaced, the brand still lives on. Chamberlain Coffee's goals are clear. They're smart and they teach us how to plan and execute for demographics. So let's have the scene. You're an individual belonging to Gen Z. You're trying to figure out that one coffee brand or blend that you'll commit to for the rest of your life. Chamberlain Coffee is exploiting this exact situation right now. If Chamberlain Coffee places itself in every single place where the Gen Z folks look at, the grocery stores, the online stores, social media, etc., they essentially are guaranteed a chance at gaining those folks' attention, and if the product is good enough, they don't have to worry about the rest. Once Chamberlain Coffee becomes that one brand of choice, this group of Gen Zs will continue to buy into Chamberlain Coffee. Now, obviously, YouTube turned her into what she is today and allowed her to launch such a massive brand. But I also feel like it would have been really easy for Emma to just leave YouTube and go mainstream as soon as she like made it. I mean, we've seen that happen with so many creators like Bo Burnham, Lily Singh, Liza Koshy, kind of. But Emma was different. She said consistent on her core platform while slowly dipping into the mainstream media spotlight. So I think it's safe to assume that she knows something that we don't. What is that? Well, that leads us into our next point about number three, the expansion. Let's first rewind to March 2019. Emma did something that changed the face of the celebrity and creator landscape and turned it into pretty much what we know it as today. At 17 years old, she attended the Paris Fashion Week and essentially paved the way for digital celebrities to enter the mainstream game. Emma, among creators like Liza Koshy and Lily Singh, are essentially endangering traditional media. We saw Lily Singh have a late night show first. Dixie D'Amelio now has one too. Liza Koshy and Bo Burnham both have Netflix shows and movies. And very soon, many, many more creators are gonna enter the space. Emma started this fashion segment, Addison, Charlie, Madison Beer followed suit. Following the trend of the fashion industry, she's also a very prominent ambassador for Paxson, the clothing and lifestyle brand. And her presence on such a brand's socials and billboards is immensely valuable. Moreover, the value proposition for both Emma and Paxson is incredibly high. Both exposure pools are enormous and hugely profitable for the other. So this partnership is definitely one that's here to stay. Then we have Bad Habit Beauty, where she plays the role of the creator director. And here the value that Emma brings to BHP is slightly different. Here Emma can add a perspective that focuses on social media and the internet because well, that's her niche. Essentially, the value to BHP comes through her expertise. Now, what this allows for is a significantly stronger campaign because of her advice, but you also have a pivotal personality like Emma just sitting there on your website, adding merit to your brand. People truly do underestimate how difficult blogging is. Not necessarily even documenting it, but rather putting it together such that it's as engaging as a Casey or an Emma vlog. The ability to control 20 minutes of video with just you in the frame as a constant is remarkable and it's often overlooked. David Dobrik realized this very early on and that's why the vlog squad exists. Characters and variation make engagement easier and stronger than a one-man army. Now with David, what's different and rather interesting is that he isn't purely relationship or idea-based. He's kind of a mix. 
He doesn't solely rely on the relationship side of things because that's a tiny nugget in the entire gold mine of YouTube. His vlogs usually revolve around an idea like surprising his friends with a car or touring the world's most expensive house. This allows him not only to engage his audience but also interest the rest of YouTube with a cool idea. Kind of firefight if you think about it. So in a sense, David incorporates a solid idea that guides the video's direction and uses the characters and his community's relationship with them to add comedic effect and all these elements that strengthen his story. David's fast-paced style is also polar opposite to what Emma does. Her pacing is often just what the vlog requires. Sometimes it's super slow to represent her day and on other occasions it's just a steady, normal, enjoyable pace. David respects the engagement template impeccably well with his editing and storytelling, while Emma throws all of that out for an approach that's tailored towards her community. And there's no truly definite answer to which one is the better one. I feel like it's critical that we compare her to the best lifestyle vlogger the world has ever seen, Casey Neistat. She was the first one to bring back the true lifestyle vlogging format to the mainstream since Casey left. But one of the most striking similarities is the weight their influences carry both inside the YouTube industry and outside too. Casey has been a notable internet celebrity who has attended massively glamorous events like GQ and the Academy Awards where he vlogged as well. Emma very similarly is massively influential with the industry outside of YouTube. I also predict that much like Casey, eventually when the content does stop, she isn't going to lose her relevance in either industry. We see YouTubers refer to Casey till date and outside, we see Casey get featured in magazines, then now he has a course on monthly.com, even though he hasn't formally made a movie, wait, he has, and it featured at South by Southwest in 2022, yet another reason why Casey is still massively relevant in both spheres. So in conclusion, Emma has mastered the YouTube business and has certainly directed the creator economy and will definitely continue to do so for probably the coming decade or so.